It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, November 13th, 2020. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. Absentee ballots have flipped the outcome for the House District 35 race to represent Petersburg, Sitka, and other island communities of southeast Alaska. Alaska's Division of Elections reported the results from thousands of absentee ballots from the district Wednesday. Incumbent Democrat Jonathan Christ Tompkins of Sitka now holds a lead of 1,728 votes. He trailed Republican challenger Kenny Carl Scaffelstad of Huna in the in-person ballots after Election Day. Now it looks like Christ Tompkins will retain the seat he's held since 2013. He has just over 59 percent of the votes cast. As of Thursday, Scaffelstad hadn't contacted Christ Tompkins yet to congratulate him, but said that he would. I am uh, awestruck by the the voting percentage from our district, it appears that uh, that we have chosen to re-elect uh, an incumbent. I am humbled by the support and, and encouragement and advice uh, from those that voted on my side of that ticket. Uh, I hope they uh, remain exuberant and voiceful with the, uh, with the representative on, on issues before us. As of Thursday, the Division of Elections had 677 absentee ballots left to count for the district, not enough to flip the seat back to the challenger, even if all those votes went to Scaffelstad. Christ Tompkins was expecting the boost of absentee votes following the initial results from Election Day. I'm excited to go back and do my best to represent the Southeast Island communities. And I'm, uh, as I have been in past years, uh, fully committed to uh, balancing the budget and making the hard decisions necessary to do that and protecting the integrity of the permanent funds. These are, at this point, feel like perennial issues, and um, I remain unwavering in my commitment to try to try to get them solved in a way that's fiscally responsible and takes a long-term view. He calls it a half-decent chance that there will be a bipartisan coalition in the Alaska House again in January, depending on the final outcome of other legislative races. Turnout for House District 35 was high this year, with just over 60 percent of registered voters completing ballots. Bert Stedman has clinched his fifth term in the Alaska State Senate. Over 3,000 absentee and early ballots still haven't been counted as of press time on Thursday from Senate District 36, which includes Wrangell, Ketchikan, and many Prince of Wales Island communities. But Stedman holds an undisputable lead with more than 10 to 1 advantage. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. The Sitka Republican ran unopposed on the ballot, although Petersburg Republican Michael Sheldon had registered as a write-in candidate. Stedman is thankful to the residents of his district for turning out in such large numbers during the pandemic or for taking the extra pains to cast mail-in ballots. He'll begin the next session as one of the legislature's most senior members with 18 years of service. However, he thinks it could be one of the most challenging sessions of his career. A lot of the easy decisions have already been made, and we still have a structural deficit issue at hand. You know, depleted our savings accounts down to effectively zero. Um, My concern is uh, people will take the easy way out and just start liquidating the permanent fund earnings reserve. Stedman is a moderate Republican who has been willing to work with Democrats in the past on protecting the permanent fund and on other issues important to coastal communities. The final composition of the Alaska Senate will depend on the outcome of at least one key race in South Anchorage, where Republicans have favored the more conservative wing of the party. 
Stedman is concerned about what will happen when campaign rhetoric meets reality in the state capitol. If you listen to a lot of the platforms in the election, it was, vote for me, I'll give you a bigger dividend, and I'll give you a bigger dividend than the next guy. And no taxes and a new ferry boat or, you know, whatever's handy in the district. But the math doesn't work. It just doesn't work. You know, we, we have got to deal with the anti-math caucus. As co-chair of the Senate Finance Committee in his last term, Stedman has been one of the most influential members of the Senate. It's not clear yet what his role will be over the next four years, either in a straight Republican majority or in a coalition with members of both parties. Meetings to work out these issues are currently underway in Anchorage. The 32nd Alaska Legislature is scheduled to open on January 19, 2021 in Juneau. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. Lawrence Woody Woodmark is returning as chairman of the Sitka Tribal Council. Woodmark received 118 votes for chairman, defeating former assembly member and council member Benjamin Mayasato in tribal elections held on Tuesday. Mayasato received 75 votes. Incumbent Kathy Hope Erickson did not seek re-election. In total, tribal citizens cast 200 ballots. For the four available council seats, the winners were Louise Brady and Dion Brady-Howard, who tied with 144 votes each. Incumbent Bob Sam received 131 votes, and incumbent Michael Miller received 105 votes, narrowly winning the fourth seat over incumbent Lillian Feldpausch by just four votes. 53 people also voted for write-in candidate Rachel Moreno, and 18 other people received write-in votes. Incumbent Nancy Douglas did not seek re-election. The ballots will be certified at the November 18th Tribal Council meeting, and the new council members and tribal chairman will be sworn in at the beginning of December. Three new coronavirus cases were reported in Sitka as of 5 p.m. on Thursday. Two of the patients are in their 20s. A man received testing on November 11th. He was experiencing symptoms at the time. And a woman received testing on November 5th. But it's unclear whether she was experiencing any symptoms, according to city data. The third patient is a man in his 50s. He was experiencing symptoms when he received testing on November 12th. All three patients are residents, and their cases are classified as secondary, meaning they each had known contact with a person who tested positive for the virus. All three are isolating locally. In response to rising COVID-19 rates across the state, Governor Mike Dunleavy issued an emergency alert on Thursday morning that called for Alaskans to hunker down and practice stronger social distancing measures until the end of November. Several hours later, Sitka City Administrator John Leach issued a similar statement. We've all needed to make personal sacrifices this year. Sitka has done an extraordinary job at keeping our case rate low. However, like most of Alaska, our alert level is high. Our cases are rising dramatically. It's time for Sitkins to rally together, take care of one another, and be vigilant with our prevention measures to protect our community, our first responders, and our schools. Leach said he's directing all city employees to work from home whenever possible and asked Sitkins to access services remotely as much as possible. City buildings will remain open to the public with limited services. 123 coronavirus cases have been reported in Sitka since April. 27 of the cases are considered active, according to city data. The Juneau School District announced the start of in-person classes for preschool students earlier this week. Kindergarten students could return to in-person classes by the end of the month. But with the state currently at a high-risk level and holidays coming up, the school district is divided over whether that needs to happen. KTOO's Pablo Pena reports. 
The decision to bring students back to in-person classes has been part of the district's Smart Start plan since June. Schools have already been allowing individual students and small groups into buildings with health and safety measures in place. The district made the announcement to expand in-person classes on Monday. During the city's COVID-19 community update, Superintendent Bridget Weiss said that a small group of kindergarten students could return to in-person classes as soon as November 30th. Starting with those students who definitely are uh, more challenged receiving their education via Zoom. But a day after the announcement, parents, teachers, and staff voiced their concerns over the decision at this week's Board of Education meeting. Recently elected school board member Martin Stepton advocated for families who can't afford internet service and have to use satellite sites and third-party locations for classes. Is there a way that we could prioritize those students to get them in uh, at all or um, just to help, you know, use this opportunity, if at all possible, uh, to bring some relief to those families who Zoom is not working already in the first place or it's really difficult for them? Board member Didi Sorensen quizzed Weiss about whether the district had met with teachers about its decision, noting that all kindergarten and first grade teachers are unanimously against expanding in-person learning. Have you had a meeting with all the kindergarten and first grade teachers prior to this? No, not with all of them together, but we had representatives and we they went back and forth with their buildings. The Juno Education Association, that's the teachers union, voted unanimously against the expansion to in-person classes. Kelly Stewart, president of the association, says while it has been working with the district on the plan, teachers found out about the rollout dates last Friday. What I'm hearing from the majority of our K-1 teachers is that they do not want to come back until after winter break just because of all the um, different the holidays and the traveling. They just think it would be safer and give us more time to have the safety protocols put into place. Weiss is meeting with all kindergarten through first grade teachers on Thursday. The superintendent also says the district's plans may change. In Juno, I'm Pablo Peña. Taking a look at the community calendar. Tickets for Alaska Loanline Fishermen's Association and the Alaska Sustainable Fishery Trust Dinner Fundraiser are now on sale through November 22nd. To purchase, visit alaskansown.com slash pages slash cooking for a cause 2020. Participants can purchase a box with all the ingredients to cook a gourmet two-course dinner for two with dessert and pre-recorded video-led instructions with Chef Colette of Ludwig's. Seafood, vegetarian, and chicken options are available. Boxes are available Friday, December 4th. Entertainment, a silent auction, and the opportunity to purchase locally caught seafood are included. A photo contest of the best-looking dish and silent auction winners will be announced Sunday, December 6th. Visit thealaskatrust.org for more information or contact Lauren at 714-369-4057 or at alpha.asft.outreach at gmail.com. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. This 